All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by the host of the Locked On Hawks podcast, Brad Roland. We're going to talk about the state of Atlanta sports now that the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and what's next for that team this upcoming offseason. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Friedman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com. RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what you can also find on the Locked On Podcast Network is the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast for all of you out there listening that want to get that edge to help you win your fantasy league this season. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast, has you covered there. You can subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So today's episode, I am joined by Brad Roland, the host of the Locked On Hawks Podcast. And today's episode is uh, going to be primarily about the Atlanta Hawks, but don't worry just yet. If you're a Falcon fan, you will get Brad's thoughts on the Falcons as well as the state of Atlanta sports. And you might even get a glimmer of positivity from me on today's episode about the Atlanta Falcons. But as the bulk of today's episode deals with the Hawks and why they were successful, how they overachieved. Are they a team due for regression? And we'll talk a little bit about um, the ongoing NBA finals matches between the Bucks and the Suns. But full disclosure, this episode was recorded last week uh, prior to game two of that series. So that I think it was Wednesday or Thursday that we recorded this episode. Um, so, you know, that's a caveat. Take it into account. The other thing you should take into account that when I originally recorded this episode, the conversation about the Falcons and Atlanta sports was at the end of the conversation as opposed to the beginning of the conversation. But in editing this episode, I decided to, you know, give the people what they want uh, up front on today's episode. So there may be a weird edit point, but just remember, um, you know, when it sounds weird and seems like you're dropped in the middle of a conversation. That's why that is. So without further ado, let's jump into the end of my conversation with Brad Roland uh, coming up here uh, on today's Locked on Falcons podcast. All right, guys, you are back with Locked on Falcons. And of course, I am joined by another illustrious guest. This time I'm joined by Brad Roland, the host of Locked on Hawks. If you've been following along for the last several months of the Hawks uh, unexpected journey deep into the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs, you've heard a lot from Brad. But now we're bringing Brad on as we do often on Locked on Falcons pretty much every six months. Usually the last <laughs> couple of years, it's to gear up for the draft. And we'll talk a little bit about the draft. And usually it's a sort of a preview to the upcoming season. But we'll we'll be talking a little bit about why the Hawks were successful here with Brad uh, on today's Locked on Falcons. But uh, Brad, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, sir. Uh, as you know, I'm I'm a listener, so it's uh, it's nice to be on, but also unfortunate that I can't listen to myself because that's that's not that's not any fun. <laughs> 
So uh, just finished my conversation with Brad Roland about the Atlanta Hawks. Let's talk about that other Atlanta team and sort of the, the state of Atlanta sports where a lot of people were putting it all on the Hawks to sort of break the so-called curse of Atlanta sports. And then, you know, you had the, I think I would term it, and, and I'm sure you, you may view it slightly differently, but, you know, people being a little bit overly dramatic saying like, oh, this is typical Atlanta sports where the Hawks, you know, fell short of that. And I feel like that's anything but Atlanta sports uh, for the Hawks to, to have done what they had done this season. But I'm curious, sort of, what's your assessment of the state of Atlanta sports uh, currently, given what type of season we've seen the Hawks come off of? Yeah, first, I totally agree with you. Like, there was there was no Atlanta sports moment with that Hawks team. I mean, I know that they ended up losing in the conference finals, but they overachieved, if anything. So that was not that was the opposite of Atlanta sports, which I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I think the Braves are very much Atlanta sports right now. They're supposed to be good, and they're not uh, in frustrating fashion. We'll see about uh, the Atlanta Falcons momentarily. But I think uh, outside of the Hawks, Atlanta sports is not looking particularly awesome at this moment, which is bizarre. I mean, you know this, but I, I've, I've been around the Hawks for a very long time. It is not the norm for the Hawks to be uh, sort of waving the flag for Atlanta sports. They're usually uh, somewhat near the bottom in recent years. Uh, so to have them be the number one uh, draw, the number one franchise in the city is a little bit strange still for me right now. Well, you know, it's interesting that the Falcons can follow the Hawks example because the Hawks what missed the playoffs three years in a row and then made this deep run. And, you know, I know a lot of people are hoping for the Falcons, you know, having missed the playoffs three years in a row, you know, potentially make get it back to the playoffs uh, and basically be the equivalent of the playing game by getting, I guess, a seven seed or something like that this upcoming season. But sort of. You know, I I know obviously you've been busy these last couple of months following the Hawks, but uh, in terms of what you have been able to follow with the Falcons, what is where's your mindset right now with this team? Uh, I, I mostly just think the way that you told me to think, Aaron. I got to be honest with you on that. <laughs> uh, I, I follow your lead on most things. I don't know. It's I find myself weirdly not over the top optimistic, but I, I've read some pretty. Uh, pessimistic takes on the Falcons in the offseason, which I understand. I mean, Julio not being there anymore, and I, I get all that, but I, I think I where I am now is in this transition period where it, within the next two months I will talk myself into the Falcons on some level. Not as a Super Bowl contender, probably, but as a team that could make a little bit of noise. I still trust the offense. I mean, that's, the, that's at the end of the day, Matt Ryan is still good, and I trust Calvin Ridley, and I think the OC change should help them quite a bit. Uh, the man at the helm of the office, I should say, obviously it's the head coach rather than the OC, but um, the overhaul there, I, I feel optimistic, not in a, you know, super flag waving way, but I, I do feel pretty decent compared to what I think the baseline is because isn't the over under like seven and 10 right now projected. That's, that seems, that seems kind of low to me. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And usually my most pessimistic time of year is June because that's usually when I think, <laughs> The, you know, we've got guys falling. Well, you get the sort of post draft hype train and it just gets out of control by the time you get to June. And I'm just like, all right, guys, you need to relax a little bit. This guy's not going to necessarily win you single handedly win you a Super Bowl. Um, And, you know, like my opinion on the team hasn't changed so much. You know, now that the calendar has turned to July, but weirdly today, I don't know if it was specific to today. I was listening to the podcast that the ringer did with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Peter Schrager. And for, even though they were talking about the 28 to three collapse, for some reason, listening to that podcast got me a little hyped for the Falcons a little bit. And, you know, (laughs) 
it's probably just a 24 hour sort of thing. And I'll be right back to my, uh, usual, you know, I, I consider it neutral, but I'm sure everybody else considers it pessimistic, uh, take on the Falcons. But at least weirdly today, I was like, Hey man, like this team could be pretty good in, in large part due to the offense. So, um, you know, it's it, just a, a brief glimmer of hope and optimism in, in my, uh, mindset, at least today. We'll see if it carries over into training camp, but, uh, we'll just have to sort of see what this Falcon team can do. Yeah, it's it's still it's still it's still early. Obviously, you you will have plenty of time to work yourself into the season. I am trying to stay away from it as far as long as possible <laughs> because I will make myself pessimistic too. My my standing uh, aura is definitely on the pessimistic side, so I'm I'm feeling oddly optimistic right now. But I'm sure by week one, I will be terrified or something. I don't know. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, I, I'm just a weirdo that listens to a podcast where people talk about the the Falcons Super Bowl collapse and somehow I, I heard I heard the podcast too. I mean, I don't, I'm not I'm not sure I was like optimistic, but I was like, you know, Kyle seemed like he was in a decent place about it at this point in time, and it's like, all right, football's coming, we're getting we're getting close. And even though you're rel- you're sort of reliving uh, one of the worst nights imaginable, it was. Uh, I think you're not too crazy, maybe a little bit, but not, yeah. not too much. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it was probably just listening to that and not feeling some type of way about it, you know, just like, hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, and, you know, stuff happens. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Uh, it's just a weird place to be, but, uh, we'll see how it goes with this, uh, Falcon team. And we're going to see how it goes with the Hawks team coming up here with Brad Roland as we talk about why the Hawks were so successful this past season and how they can build off of that next season. But before we get there, guys, I do want to plug the NBA side of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NBA team, including the Atlanta Hawks. Check out the Lockdown Hawks podcast hosted by the illustrious Brad Roland on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline gives you the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. And there's no time like now to get started at BetOnline. The NBA playoffs are ongoing. You have the British Open, Summer Olympics coming up. Of course, baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. And it's not just sports. Since BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that means if you deposit 500 bucks you get 250 dollars in free money to play with with that promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts so you know the last time we talked was in november during the falcons bye week and we were sort of previewing the draft that was coming up then and the upcoming season. And you noted in that episode that this was a playoffs or kind of bust mentality for the Hawks entering the season. And I imagine reaching the Eastern Conference Finals and essentially being two games away from the NBA Finals far exceeded expectations. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would say so. You know, it was kind of a weird season overall for everybody, but Coming into the year, I thought they were going to make the playoffs. I picked them to do so, but they had this weird 14-20 and 20 start, and they got super hot from there after coaching change. And I think even the most optimistic Hawks fan did not have them in the conference finals this year and two games away from the finals. So by any definition, uh, and especially if you sort of compare it to midseason, but even before the season, I think uh, they definitely exceeded their, um, their realistic goals and uh, had quite a year. Now, you talked about that coaching change 
I'm curious, you know, how much of that do you look back and say that was the catalyst for the Hawks' success? How much of it was, you know, Trey Young doing his thing in the garden and all those various things? Sort of what are your main takeaways in the catalyst from this season for the Hawks' success? Yeah, I think certainly you have to point to the coaching change just because of the results before and after. It's not always that easy, as you well know, covering uh, the Falcons as we uh, get, we can get into that at, at some point. But the uh, – you know, the gap between where they were with Lloyd Pierce and where they were with Nate McMillan was very, very stark. And I hesitate to assign that entirely to the coaching change because no coach could have made the difference that he made. I mean, it's not it's not really possible to go from where they were at 14 and 20 to their record and just have it only be the, the result of an NBA coach. Like coaches do matter, but they don't matter that much. With that said, he pushed all the right buttons. Um, they got a little bit healthier. I think it could be overstated because – they were still banged up most of the year, but between Trey Young having a great season and Click Capella and the young guys stepping up, and it was kind of a factor of a lot of things. And honestly, they were underachieving in the first half too, which kind of contributed to that as well. So, um, credit to McMillan for sure for you know engineering the turnaround, but also they got the most out of their talent along the way, and it helps to have a superstar in Trey Young. Now, I want to continue this conversation with Brad Roland of Locked On Hawks, sort of pivoting. Uh, to the future and seeing what's next for this Hawks team coming up on today's Locked On Falcons. So did you guys know that Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, has a brand new flavor in addition to their other delicious flavors? This week, you can check out the newest Built Bar flavor in the Grasshopper Cookie. If you're a fan of the classic Thin Mint Cookie, you'll love the Grasshopper Cookie. But in addition to the new Grasshopper Cookie flavor, you have other great flavors like cookies and cream, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, strawberry, and so much more. You can try them all with a mix box and you can get that healthy snack that tastes just like a candy bar with none of the guilt. Built Bars contain 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. My personal favorite, the coconut almond, tastes just like an almond joy. I also highly recommend the strawberry flavor. What is a better combination than strawberry and chocolate? But Built Bars aren't just about their great taste. They're healthy too. They're low in sugar and calories, high in protein and fiber. All you got to do is head over to BuiltBar.com, check out the Grasshopper Cookie flavor, and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So I'm joined by Brad Roland, the host of the Locked on Hawks podcast that I plug probably on a daily basis on this podcast, uh, especially during the postseason and, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll just keep plugging Lockdown Hawks uh, throughout the offseason to keep people abreast of what's going on with the Hawks. But I'm curious, looking ahead a little bit before we get sort of into the offseason stuff, you know, do you look at this team as overachieving? And does that mean that they're potentially due for a little bit of regression this upcoming season? Or do you feel like this team is still poised to remain a contender atop the Eastern Conference? I think it's a little bit of a mixture there. On one hand, I don't think that they were necessarily, you know, what I would call a conference finals team on paper this year, but they also weren't supposed to be. Like, they're kind of ahead of schedule in a lot of ways. And I think if you're an optimist, and I think this makes a lot of sense, like, yeah, they got there early, but now they don't need to take a step back because they were already trending in that direction anyway. They are, if, if anything, the majority of their roster should be as good or better individually next year because they'll be a year older. They're still a very young team. So I think 
yeah, they got there a little earlier than I thought they were going to, but they had the pieces in place and also had the capability to kind of bring the band back and also add to them on the, on the periphery here if they want to. So I think that the baseline projection is going to be very high for the Hawks and you can't just assume that they're going to be able to get that, get back there again. But I think in terms of projections and what people expect now around the organization, that is kind of the curse. If you want to say it is that once you get there, especially as a young team, like everyone's going to assume that you're going to be back there again in the near future. So they are now carrying that burden. That's obviously a good burden to have overall, but they're capable of doing this again and even, you know, making deeper run if they put this team together. You know, Travis Schlank's done a really good job drafting in particular, and this core is very strong. So can't, they can absolutely do it again. I mean, you can't project it again. I, I don't think it's, it's – that's, that's not negative to say that you can't just flat out say, all right, baseline is they make the finals next year, but they're not capable of it. We've all seen it. Now, you talk about Travis Slink, the, the general manager, and sort of this offseason, now that you're transitioning from uh, the postseason to the offseason, what is sort of the priority for this Hawks team to improve, to to be able to put themselves into a position where they can take that next step and, and potentially make the NBA Finals? What are going to be some of the areas of this team that they're going to try to upgrade in the draft and, and potentially in free agency? Yeah, it's a little bit tricky just because – at the end of the day, they have to bank on internal improvement for young guys for the most part, just because of where they are with, with the salary cap. They're not in terrible shape by any means, but they do have a big free agent in John Collins who quite, you know, realistically, he's the best player that they can bring back in terms of if they let him go, they can't really replace him at that same level. So in terms of being the best that they can be next year, bring him back is the way to go on that. And they have ways to improve on the margins. They have the middle-level exception, but that's not going to be a star. It's going to be more of a supporting piece, and you're relying on guys like Kevin Herter and Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter to be better or and or more healthy next year, really to sort of buoy that improvement. I guess the other thing would be that the Hawks are set up pretty well if, for instance, a superstar of choice becomes available and wants a trade. You can't bank on that, but... I get asked that all the time. It's definitely a sexy, a sexy topic to discuss. But if for some reason a star was like, all right, I want out, the Hawks are in a pretty good spot to do that. But that's really the only way that they could make a massive roster overhaul right now that would make any sense at all. It's basically run it back with some little tweaks or potentially you know, have one of those big swings. But given where they are right now, they can kind of run it back with confidence and not get a lot of heat for that. You know, a lot of teams, if they run it back, that's not sexy and fans don't like that. But when you just made a conference finals, it's more acceptable, obviously. Is there a, a big name that you sort of have your eye on potentially to make that big, sexy uh, move in the future? It's just, it's all about who comes, who comes available. I mean, that's, that's such a boring answer. And I understand that, but you know, how this works. You pay attention to the NBA to know, like guys can get out whenever they want to get out. Uh, it's kind of the theme of the recent NBA is if a star is not happy, it's very, very rare these days that they express that and then don't get traded. Usually a guy can get out whenever he wants to. Now, you know, James Harden got to kind of pick his de destination recently. Um, we'll see if that happens, but given where the Hawks are now, you know, a year ago, you could argue that maybe Atlanta wasn't a you know a destination city if you wanted to be a pessimist about it. But when you just made the Final Four of the NBA and you have Trey Young and you have this great city and these young players, like it seems pretty appealing to me for the next guy. So whoever that is, I have no idea who it's going to be, um, quite honestly. But whoever that is, the books are pretty clean, and if they want to do that and we expect themselves available to do that, they can pretty much uh, send an offer that would be, I, I would say, pretty reasonable. Okay. 
Well, uh, Brad, I, I want to ask you a little bit about the teams currently in the finals. And full disclosure to the listeners out there, we are recording this ahead of Game 2. By the time you guys listen to this, Game 3 will probably have passed, and, and potentially Game 4 will be, you know, uh, gearing up for that game. But I'm curious, is there a, sort of a bold prediction that you have this early in the process, maybe at uh, with the Bucks, uh suns um, finals, or or is it too soon? You know, I think that once Phoenix won game one, they were already considered to be the favorites coming in because of the uncertainty with Giannis and the fact that they have home court in the series. And Phoenix has been playing great. So I think flat-out picking against Phoenix right now, at this moment, you gave the caveat of when we're recording this, but at this moment when it's one nothing Suns, I have to pick them to win the series. But Milwaukee's not dead either, I don't think. Maybe they will be in a couple of days. But um, I think that it's pretty even on paper. Once Giannis looked like himself in game one, it was kind of like himself in game one. That made it interesting to me. I know this is not like the uh, casual fan series. They're, these are two non-brand necessarily teams, but I'm really enjoying the basketball like nerd element of it. And also there's there's plenty of stars. I mean, Giannis and Chris Paul and Devin Booker, like th- there's plenty of guys that you recognize too. So I would say Phoenix is, has to be the pick right now if you made me choose, but Milwaukee's capable of making this interesting. Uh, another question I have for you. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people and myself included sort of wade into this during last year's sort of uh, uh, lockout season or, or whatever you want to call it, um, that, you know, these championships have an asterisk attached to them. Sort of where do you weigh in on whether it's last year, this year, or whatever the case may be, that these are sort of abnormal seasons and therefore these don't count, you know, they're 0.85 of a championship <laughs> instead of 1.0 or whatever. I'm of the mind that a title's a title. I mean, I, I get it because – Particularly last year, you're playing in a bubble. It's all very, very, very strange. You know, this year's been strange too, by all accounts. And guys had to, you know, be in their rooms on the road and all that stuff. But I, I think once the basketball is happening, yeah, there have been a bunch of injuries this year, but they're they're really kind of low key. Always are. Like you could say that there may be a little bit more this year. But I'm someone if if it comes down to it, I'll just tell you that a title is a title. I mean, even you know, honestly, before these two seasons, 2019 when the Raptors won. You know, they they may not have won without Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson both going out in the finals. This this stuff just happens sometimes. It's unfortunate. I wish everybody was healthy. I wish it was all normal. But I think you know, banners fly forever. Basically, is kind of where I am on all of this. And if the Hawks have won the title this year, I can guarantee you, Hawks fans would not have been uh, couching it with much of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that one. Um, last time I had you on, you your bold prediction. I asked you for a bold prediction. You said that the Hawks would be in the play-in game, potentially to, to be a, a playoff team. Obviously, they far exceeded that by getting the, what, the four seed, right? Uh, they were tied for four. So actually, they were technically the fifth seed, so four or five, whatever it is. Okay, yes, okay. you would. Um, so if I can get you on the record again, I guess this is going to be a, a continued theme, you know, to see what we can sort of do. Is there a bold prediction at this point that you're willing to make and obviously, you know, you have the caveat of you don't necessarily need to go super, super bold with it because uh, <laughs> I, I know you're not necessarily a fan of the hotties, uh, the hot takes and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it, what what type of bold prediction can I get from you today? Obviously, a lot can change with the offseason and what they're going to do. But I, th- I mean, it's not, I'm not even sure this is even bold, but, you know, they'll, they'll almost certainly that's too strong. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think that the the Hawks will bring back John Collins, which is not a that's not really a hot. I, I think that's that's kind of a favorite scenario. But if and when they do that, they're going to blow this season out of the water in terms of what they do on the floor, you know, wire to wire. Um, 
that's not a bold take either. But I think I will say they return to the conference finals, which I think most people, if you go step out of Atlanta, are not going to project that next year. I think you're, you're going to hear a lot of you know questions about whether the Hawks were fool's gold and you know were they really a conference finals team and all that stuff. I'm going to say if you made me choose a bold prediction that they return to the Final Four next year, and I, I think that's going to qualify. It may not seem like it right now, but I promise you, in like. September when people people pick the Hawks like fifth in the East. Remember this that I'm, I'm picking them to finish in the Final Four. Okay, I'll take that. That that works for me. Obviously, we'll see how it goes with the Hawks. I, I imagine you'll be uh, doing your usual uh, as we this month unfolds, sort of uh, diving into this draft class. I, you know, I can't think of the last time the Hawks were picking this low. They're picking like twentieth or something like that. Yeah, the last uh, two times they weren't in the lottery, they picked nineteenth. So it's been a half decade or more since they picked outside the top nineteen. So if you want to get technical, yeah, twenties. It's going to be weird. I mean, between the season going as long as it did and also picking later in the first round, last year, because of the pandemic and everything else, I spent like almost a full calendar year covering almost nothing about the draft. And this year, I'm going to have like three weeks. So it's going to be very interesting. Okay. Well, uh, let the people know, uh, you know, what type of content in addition to that draft content you have uh, coming up on Locked on Hawks and where people can find your stuff. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. Uh, mostly draft and sort of season review stuff in the next three, four weeks. Then free agency happens the week after the draft and then summer league the week after that. So the offseason um, in the NBA is very clustered in about a three-week time period. So it'll be very busy from there. And again, sort of the downside, if you want to say, or the upside for me content-wise is that the offseason is pretty darn short when you make the conference finals in the NBA, particularly this year when the schedule's all messed up. So not a lot of downtime, but I'll be busy on the Hawks podcast. Um, I actually just retired from Hawks beat writing for the most part at Peachtree Hoops, where I've been in charge there for several years. I'm taking a step back to do podcasting. I'm also writing on Dime on the uh, national NBA side a little bit as well. So a little bit less writing, a little bit more podcasting, but you can find it all at BT Rolling on Twitter or at Locked on Hawks. And uh, also check out this podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably know, but subscribe to Locked on Falcons, I would say. I appreciate the plug, uh, Brad. Uh, you know, I can I can get all the help I, I I need all the help I can get. So um, thank you for that, and uh, looking forward to that type of uh, content that you bring on Locked Out Hawks. And I appreciate you coming on. I look forward to our conversation. I guess it's probably not going to be six months from now, but sometime during the, the <laughs> when's the when's the bye week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at some point, you know, in in. I guess three or four months or, or whatever the case may be uh, when we get the opportunity to sort of preview what the Hawks season is going to be and uh, what moves they made this off season and how that's going to impact things. So I look forward to that conversation. Thanks Aaron. So there you guys have it. Brad Roland of locked on Hawks. And before we wrap up today's locked on Falcons podcast, I do want to plug the locked on today podcast where host Peter Bukowski gives you all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes, whether it's NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, and all the other sports ongoing right now, the locked on today podcast has you covered and you can check it out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So, guys, um, there you have it. Brad Roland, Locked on Hawks host. We're going to have several more guests on uh, the podcast this week. And, you know, it will be a lot less Falcons-related content at this point in time. And uh, we will sort of turn our attention to our NFC South rivals and kind of do a little bit of it, get a little bit of an insight into the New Orleans Saints on tomorrow's episode with Ross Jackson, the host of the Locked on Saints podcast. Then I believe Thursday we'll talk with Julian Council, the host 
host of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Eventually, we'll get to the Locked On Bucks podcast, but probably, maybe it's possible we'll do that Friday. I haven't decided yet. Um, maybe something else comes up with the Falcons, or there's an opportunity for you guys to send in your listener questions should you have those for a potential, I guess, Fan Friday Friday free for all, whatever alliteration that you prefer. Um, and uh, you, of course you can submit any questions that you may have via Twitter at lockdown Falcons, via Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. And we still have more great guests coming on next week. Uh, if, if not the bucks, then we also have sort of an NFC East special since we play three NFC East teams in the first four games of the season. I kind of want to get some thoughts on those teams just as a preview uh, ahead of the season as well so that's all in store and of course we'll still have you covered with the positional previews we still got to talk quarterbacks running backs uh tight ends as well as the secondary and special teams so those are also coming up on the podcast as well and maybe i'll decide to do one of those on friday's episode so uh, it's all playing by ear i'm basically deciding day to day what you know what episode do i feel like putting up you know each and every day so that's kind of where we're at for the, this week and, and possibly early next next week as well. So if you have any feedback that you want to provide on what particular order you want me to do the shows or, you know, whatever you want, of course you can hit me up at those aforementioned addresses and social media accounts. Appreciate it guys. Till then.